So uh, we could just say that I like this episode and be done. Okay. Or is there more to discuss? I I really <laughs> like this episode. So. Okay. Uh, Mandalorian's back and with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do have any, uh, and I wouldn't say complaint, but any sort of nitpick about the episode, mm-hmm. was that Baby Yoda did did much of nothing other than hiding. Right. Yes. But he, it reminded me of like scared Ewoks in Return of the Jedi, so it was okay when oh, C-3PO they're... was telling the horror story. Yeah, so they're so adorable. Right. Now, another thing is, uh, obviously this came out on Friday. I did not get a chance to watch this until Saturday. Mm. And I did a very, I'm very proud of myself that I did a very good job of avoiding any sort of spoilers in regards to all of this. Right. Um, but, and suffice to say, we're talking about it. It's spoiler time, right? Right. So, uh, episode starts with a recap of season one. Um, the crux of at least the beginning of the season is that uh, Mando is going to attempt to bring the child back to his kind. Mm-hmm. The child's kind. And he needs help to do so. And with all the other Mandalorians being taken care of, he needs to find another Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a mixed martial arts <laughs> battle between Gamorian guards, which was right up my alley. That's right. Um, John Leguizamo in a, like a weird alien fat suit tells him that he's seen someone wearing Mandalorian armor on Tatooine. Right. So been on Tatooine. I ain't seen no one with this, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, no, 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 it's in Moss something. It's some, it's a, some other town or spaceport that like no one goes to. So right. Mando goes there looking for this person. And uh, I'll say this. Um, this is where the hyper nerdism of my Star Trek, my I almost said Star Trek. Jeez, I'm gonna have to edit that out. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry, everyone. Right. Star Wars uh, fandom comes in. Okay, so Mando walks into the bar, and the bartender there, uh, be- working working at the place. I go, oh my god, that's Queeway. <laughs> Before he even says anything, right? Because, again, that's, like, those three movies and, like, the bit of expanded universe that I know uh, is from those and, like, playing the collectible card game that was out in the late 90s, right? Where they kind of, you know, kind of really hammered home the names of those people from a Jabba's Palace or uh, Cantina or whatever it is, right? Right. So later, when um, Cobb Vanth comes in, the sheriff of the town... And says, oh, something, something, Queeway. I'm like, ah, I'm validated. <laughs> I'm vindicated. You know, it was mm-hmm. one of those things. But it so wasn't the sheriff of the town um, was kind of stranded out in the middle of the Tatooine desert. Uh, he was picked up by some Jawas. They nursed him back to health. And what was it that he had on his person that was of value to them? I forget. Some kind of crystals. Some kind of crystals, so they're like, oh, the crystals will pay for some of the water and the food that they gave them, but also one of the things that they had hanging up inside of their sand crawler was Boba Fett's armor. Mm-hmm. Shoot Boba Fett's armor after he got <laughs> eaten by the Sarlacc pit. The right. Jawas went and fished out his armor, and they're just hanging it up in their thing. Mm-hmm. So Cobb Vanth comes back with the armor, and just kind of the look and the feel of being a Mandalorian was enough to kind of 
you know, give him the advantage over the marauders in his town. And he's, you know, kind of cleaned up his town, but kind of kept them at a distance, specifically from the surrounding Tuscan raiders. But one of the biggest problems that was bothering both his townsfolk and the Tuscan raiders was the Critus dragon. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was the Critus dragon when they were, like, saying how long it was. Right. And I the noise that it made. And I'm like, that's the noise that Obi-Wan did to scare away the Tusken Raiders in Star Wars, the new hope. Right. And I think it's the Karat dragon, but oh, whatever. I, I forget. Like I said, it's like K R Y A T. I forget. Right. Karat dragon. Right. right. Not a problem, but right, I right. just, but you know how you're Queequay in it? I'm yeah. Karat in it. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so, uh, Mando decides that he needs to get the people of the town together and the Tusken Raiders uh, to defeat the problem because uh, Cobb Vanth says, if you help me with this problem, I'll give you the armor. Right. And there's the episode. I think I summed everything up. Uh, you did? I liked it a lot. I, th- I loved it. Like, I've told, like, you, Todd, and our listening audience, you count as one person. Our listening audience counts as another person. This now brings the number of people that I've explained this episode in detail to since watching it on Saturday up to six. Okay. So I really liked it. I love this episode, right? I loved, 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 loved this episode. First of all, the guy who was playing Cobb Vanth. Timothy um, Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant, who played Sheriff Bullock in Deadwood. Um, just a little nerd thing in me because I love Deadwood Western, one of the greatest Western TV shows ever made. Um, the the guy who's playing uh, a Queequay was that no, what was his name? Queeway. Queeway. I'm saying Queeway from uh from uh, Moby Dick. But the bartender was the bartender from the TV show Deadwood in makeup. So I found that amusing. He he would the, the character's name was Dan Doherty in the show. So I was like, they're like, oh yeah, it was a reunion between these two actors. So for me, that was a nice. Easter egg, but just the whole episode, like, like I like the fact that as as he's telling the story of like what happened to Tatooine after the second Death Star exploded, he's like, it's not a qu- it's not a you know a quick power change and everything goes back to normal. He goes, you know, vacuum, you know, ha- nature hates a vacuum, and as soon as the, the 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 Empire left later that night, pirates came in, and you know I got to clean up this town. I'm like, that's really cool that they explain it. I also like. That they give, that they had in the first season and in the second season, they give the Tuscan Raiders like some more depth, other than like people who just sit around and hit people with, with you know gaffy sticks and stuff like that. So I'm like, that's cool. Um, and then I love the fight with the dragon. Like, and I didn't notice that I was reading online that when you're watching it, it goes from uh, what do you call it? widescreen? I have the bars of black at the top and the bottom for the ratio. When the dragon explodes out, they change the ratio so that it fits the whole screen, if you know what I mean. And it gives it more of a cinematic epic feel. And I was like, this is so great. That being said, I was talking to the bassist the other day about this show. I was like, I love it. He's like, of course you love it. It's it's a Western in space fighting tremors. Like that's your that's your wheelhouse. And I was like, and he actually kind of went, and I, I found it amusing. He goes, and he goes, I just kind of wish that they would get away from the Western aspect of it. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, if you're waiting for that, that is not happening. I don't see Disney going, oh, is 
like every week it's kind of a western story they've had their jailbreak story they've had like you know uh, a couple a couple other tropes that they've used but to think at any point they're like we have we are making bank off this we're going to change our formula but I don't care because I love the formula and want to see more of it. Um, the only thing they did was they stunk it up at the end by having actual Boba Fett show up. The weakest of ever of any Star Wars character. I'm so anti. I wish Timothy, Do- uh, Timothy Oliphant kept the Boba Fett armor. I thought that would have been cooler. I'm done. With I think Boba Fett might be the most overrated. Okay. A character, I wouldn't say he's the weakest. He, he. Well, at least uh, Cobb got taken out the same way that Boba did from the fight by hitting his jetpack. You know, really, they should make those jetpacks less tamper-proof. Uh-huh. You just hit them, but uh, and this is where we we talked earlier in the show about like doing a, a an Immortal Hulk movie or whatever. Um, them just melting sand people with uh, dragon vomit. I was like, whoa, this got nasty pretty quick. Well, also, I'll say this, okay? Um, We see them get spewed acid upon, but we don't see, like, a grisly, gruesome melting scene. Right, but in my head, I'm imagining. It's led to our imagination. Right, which is always good. It's their fungineers, Joe. Yeah, so... (laughs) Um, But, so, okay. Um... Just like you, and I, we're, we're in spoiler talk, so we can play a little bit more fast and loose, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so you say you're sad that it's Boba Fett that shows up at the end, right? Right. Who's to say that's Boba Fett? Like, the Boba Fett that we saw in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I say Who's, it is, and I'll give you my reason why when you're done. All right. Who's to say that's not just another Django clone that's out there? Fair enough, but he the the way they do it is because Boba Fett was actually a kid of like a regular kind of hu- like a clone of a human because yep. it would be a human because the Emperor hated aliens, so he would have only made an, his army out of humans. They only lived so long. A the clone that was the army were at thirty years old already. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I do. So this is the kid all grown up. I believe like this is, you know, years after the the Clone Wars and stuff. They'd all be in their 70s. So do you believe that this man that we saw at the end of the episode was Boba Fett crawling out of the Sarlacc pit? Not crawling out of the Sarlacc pit, but he's been... I believe this is the guy who was in season one that we only saw his boots. Okay. Because he had heard that there was a Mandalorian on Tatooine and he went to check it out. Remember when Mando like killed that person out in the, in the desert and somebody just chings up in boots and is like, hey, like doesn't say anything. I believe that was uh, Boba Fett got out and I believe he may have t- taken off. We're going to find out why the armor. I don't believe the Jawas went into the armor. I believe Boba Fett got out because if you go back to the remastered versions, don't we see a smoke trail fall, fly out of the Sarlacc pit uh, in the remastered, the, the, the Greedo shot first movies, the ones that aren't real, that don't exist, I guess. Well, right. Except for the versions on Disney plus. Um, I believe he got out and 
took the armor off. He was disgraced or something. I don't know. Because he got Uh, taken out by a blind guy. I'm tending to believe that this may have been another child clone that he had made for him. As because as Django's payment for doing this for the Emperor in the movies that don't exist, mm-hmm. he's like, I want a son of my own. So a clone, right? Right. That would who's age to, naturally. Who's to say that there wasn't another one? Uh, I mean, you could write that in that there would be, but I always the way he, they they said it was like we made a billion, however, how many stormtroopers they made of Django. He's like. All he wanted was a kid. And to me, that means one. We made one that would grow naturally. Granted, you can rewrite anything. I think this is 100% the sad Boba Fett because he saw his daddy die. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens. I am too. Yeah. Like I said, this show is really good. I agree. Uh, So, remember last week's episode where I said, hey, it seems like that baby Yoda ain't doing much of anything in this uh, this episode. He's just hiding and making noises, right? Right. Well, he does a bunch of stuff in this episode, and it's mostly eating eggs. (sighs) Do we want to cover that now, or do you want to get some of the plot out? Because I have a big... (laughs) I have a big thing with the egg eating, Joe. <laughs> no, we'll get to the egg eating later. So okay. uh, Mandalorian is still continuing his quest to find more Mandalorians uh, in the galaxy. He is tasked with a quest uh, to find one by Amy Sedaris, whatever her Star Wars character is. I don't know. <laughs> right. It's Amy Sedaris. Um and she's uh, playing some sort of gambling game with a living, pre- like a giant, like human-sized praying mantis mm-hmm. uh, at the cantina. Like, they replicated the cantina from the real Star Wars, the first one, you know? Wasn't it in one of the episodes, though, last season? Uh, if it was, I don't remember. But, like, this one, they kind of lingered a bit more. Right, because I remember, because the, the bartender droid in the cantina which is a great nod, is the droid that scolded R2 in Jabba's palace. Mm-hmm. You know, the one with the weird voice. It's like, you know, oh, like, and then they show the, the, the droid upside down burning his feet because uh, I always love the fact that the cruel people in the Star Wars universe design their robots to feel pain. Never but only that. at their feet, apparently. Right. But uh, so he's there. But I thought I saw him last season in the cantina but either way it is the cantina and i was constantly looking for the blaster shot where you know because han didn't shoot first everybody knows that Mm. did was there the scorch mark on the wall did we see that i couldn't find it during the show but i read somewhere that in the production art that they always run in the credits at the end that i actually watch because i really like the art um uh, that that Amy uh, Sedakis or whatever her name is, uh, she was sitting next to a blaster shot. So I'm wondering if it was just in the episode and I couldn't find it. Gotcha. So the she gives the information, Amy Sedaris, but to do so, um, Mandalorian has to transport the frog lady, 
who's in the credits as Frog Lady. She doesn't even get like a cool, funky Star Wars name, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess in the subtitles, whenever she talks, the subtitle says Frog Lady speaking frog, apparently. Right. Because this was, this was another one where I'm like, oh, I got to make sure I watch it with the subtitles on. Just make sure I don't Im- miss any important frog plot items. <laughs> right. But this time they, they button hooked me and there was none. Right. Um, they do that for the sand people, too. The, the, the Tusken Raiders. The Tusken Raiders just make Tusken Raider noises. They don't get translated. Anyway. Right. Um, has to transport her and her cargo of her eggs to her husband and while on the trip, they can't go to warp speed because it'll, like, jostle the eggs too much. Right, Picard. It's hyperspace. Get it right. Anyway, they've gone to plaid. <laughs> right. Um, that being said, Mandalorian is accosted by two uh, uh, X-Wing fighter types of the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have the proper clearances. I guess transporting a person is bad. Um, I forget what they, they did say where he was going through and he didn't have the cert, like, because he's hiding, he didn't have his transponder on and they were like, we'll turn it on. He's like, well, it's not working. He's like, well, we'll wait, like get it up and running. And he's like, oh, I found it or whatever. So that's what made it shady was like that. He was like, oh, I'm not going to turn on the transponder. It wasn't that like, they were just, they check on people and they're like, oh, you're, you're not coming up with the information of your ship. And then I did like the scene where he's like, uh, I'm working on it. And then you hear the two like X-Wing pilots just like, go to channel two. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's not good. And then he's just looking like out the windows and you see the, I don't know if you know this, the S foils go into attack position, Joe. That's never good. And I kind of marked out. I was like, that's just so cool. Cause like, you know, it's coming. And then he does his thing and he runs for it. And my favorite, favorite, favorite thing about this is like he does all his fancy flying, but then goes through the clouds and just shuts off the engines or whatever. So it drops like a stone. And I love the fact that he's just, you know, doing what he does because he's got to. But Frog Lady is losing her ever loving mind. And through the whole scene during the plummet, she just screamed her head off because we've become too accustomed to these space flights that like just a mother who's transporting her, you know, children isn't used to plummeting out of the sky. And I was like, I really like this, this whole scene. I thought it was done very well and the effects and everything. Yep. So they crash onto like a, I don't know if it's specifically Hoth, but it's definitely like some sort of an ice planet. Well, they only have so many types of planets you can use. So it's another ice planet. Right. They crash. The engine goes out. Mandalorian's trying to uh, uh, fix that. And boy, Todd, I tell you, that baby Yoda, he sure loves eggs. And uh, that wakes up the uh, giant spider invasion that's inside there. And uh, that was really cool. They make it out. The X-Wing people say, like, hey, what you did was bad, but we looked up who you are, and you did a bunch of good things, so we're going to let you slide this time. Do what you got to do. The end. That was kind of the weirdest part for me, because I was like, yeah, like, you did help one of our colleagues by saving his life, one of the guards, but you did let somebody escape, so we're going to let you have a free pass. I was like, I don't know if I buy it, you know what I mean? But I'll take it. Um, second of all, I did love the face hugger eggs. I mean, spider eggs on the ground. And second of all, Yoda with his egg loving, when he eats the, the frog ladies ones, I lost my mind because man, 
life begins when you drop your eggs in the incubator, Joe. And I was just like, just like the whole Joe, like the whole, I get the idea of the gag, but I felt really bad for the mother who was like, yeah, my husband went off and he's starting his whole new life on this planet. And this is my last of the brood. And we want to raise our, our kids and everything. And just baby Yo's just popping his mouth like Tic Tacs. And I'm like, like, I don't know, maybe the mother would know how many eggs she had. Uh, I just, it was just to me, I was like, in the end, I'm like, baby Yoda, you're, you're Sith. I know it. There's no way you're not Sith that you're eating this lady's kids. So, I well, he is a, he is a baby. Right. Babies and do- he doesn't listen to reason and he's just going by his impulses and boy, he really loves eggs. Mm-hmm. frog eggs, spider eggs, any sort of eggs he can get his mitts on. Well, don't forget, he ate a frog, too, in season one. Yeah. I'm wondering if frogs are his people's main dish. But I'm also saying, like, this is Todd thinking, like, this is almost like a Joe nitpick. I'm waiting for him to eat something in this world of worlds that's going to hurt him. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because, like, they, we establish in every alien sci-fi franchise, it's like, am I allowed, am I, am I okay to eat that? Like, because different creatures can eat, are poisonous, to, like, foods are poisonous to other creatures. So I'm waiting for stuff something in his mouth and just, like, keel over and, like, just grab his stomach, like, oh. And I'll be like, right. okay, because, like, you I, learned your lesson, you know? I get eating a living thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And I get eating this frog lady's eggs. I don't agree with it. But I get him doing that. But once he starts eating those violent face huggers spider eggs, right? who's to say that doesn't lay eggs inside Baby Yoda? That is true. That is true. But I did, I, and, I, and I have to give credit to the people who did the whole episode of the idea of, like, as the night goes on, Mando's armor frosting over more and more. Like there was a lot of little things, but the one that I have trouble with is the fact that, uh, like how much you how much you can bust up a starship and it'll still fly. I'm with my like, eh, like maybe you got to take that to a garage. It's not like a car, you know. <laughs> like, uh, I assume through, you're flying through space with that, you know. Well, basically, what I'm saying is, it's like here's my thing. I've crashed it. The engines don't work. Half my panels are off. I'm shooting fluids out of everything. But you know what? I got this thing that makes sparks, and it's gonna make me give me the ability to fly. Like if I flatten my tire, I need AAA to come and help me out. You know what I mean? Maybe so I, Mando's good enough that he knows how to fix these things. I get you. I just, I just at the point. What point won't it fly? You know, and he put it back together once Jawa stripped it pretty darn quick in one episode too. <laughs> it's like, all right, like I get it. The Razor Crest is kind of cool. I get it, but I like the episode. But uh, you know, maybe next time we can go back to not as much Baby Yoda. See, you were complaining. And now you got all the baby Yoda. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, how about some less baby Yoda? You, you, no matter, there's not going to be the perfect amount of baby Yoda for you. It's not. You're just going to complain. It's too little. It's too much. It's never going to be just right. Well, again, we can go in between nothing and this. And see what happens. <laughs> right. See what happens. And you'll let me know from there. Yeah. Now, from now on, for the next, what, six episodes, I'm going to be like, too much baby Yoda? Too little right. baby Yoda? Or just the right amount of baby Yoda. We'll have the baby Yoda monitor. Right. 
to see how much Baby Yoda was in here and was it enough, too much, not enough, or just right. Right. Now, I know, obviously, the marketing blitz is on for Mandalorian 2, and there's all sorts of, or you know, Mandalorian and Baby Yoda-type merchandise out there. And I said that there's a Baby Yoda cereal or whatever it is. Right, and it's not frogs or eggs, so I'm saying This opportunity to not have, like, like America's Best Egg Company or whatever the name of the egg oh. company is, not to throw, like, a Star Wars sticker on there. And people are like, <laughs> what, the, what the hell is Baby Yoda on my eggs? And then they watch episode two, and they're like, oh. oh. And then there's a rush on eggs to the store to everyone to go get their collector's things of Baby Yoda <laughs> eggs. Oh, I'm going to get my Baby Yoda egg bags that have windows in them so you can get them signed by CGI Baby Yoda. <laughs> Or just the little, or, or just the little baby doll that they pick up that seemingly has like no weight to it whatsoever. Uh, that, yes, or the one that just slogs through snow, kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. So magically, I'm not sure how he does it. Well, force is magic. Oh, so I was, <laughs> I was watching this episode of The Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the part where like. I, maybe they were doing the recap of the previous week or whatever it is. And my wife walks in. She hasn't watched any of this yet. You know, it, it's you got to pick and choose the stuff that she watches. Mm-hmm. I think she'd enjoy this. But she goes, she goes, that's that baby Yoda, huh? I go, yeah. She's like, don't he use the force or something? I go, oh, sometimes. He's just a baby. He gets tired if he uses it too much. <laughs> yeah, I expected baby Yoda to, to be. Watch. And she just left the room. Uh, what'd you say? I'm sorry. <laughs> she said, yeah, you keep watching and then just left All the right. room. You tell her baby Yoda can't just whip out the magic hand at any time. He's tired. Go sleepy time, Yoda. That's right. He's a sleepy baby. That's right. Has, uh, has, have we had the, no, we haven't had an episode yet where Mandalorian has like changed baby Yoda's poopy diaper. No, he j- he's just going to whip it out of the hole in the in the Razor Crest now. Yeah, that's true. And then just hits off the cockpit of the X-Wing following him. Oh, did that ship just throw Baby Yoda excrement at me? Oh, attack as- formation. Yeah, put S-Foils in attack formation. That's my X-Wing fighter impersonation, by the way. Oh, okay. I, and I do like that, like the X-wing fight, like the X-wing pilots in this were like two dumpy dudes. <laughs> one of them, I think, was actually in because one of them is the director. Do you remember when they did break out of prison, the guy out of prison, and that's like why they let him off? I think one of them was the X-wing pilot that followed them and blew up the station that they were on. Oh, okay. So that's kind of why he's like, I know you. I definitely know you. You know what I mean? So, but I'm not 100% sure of that, but it seems like something Favreau would do. So, hmm. we'll see. I'm looking forward to more Mandalorian. So, yeah, Mandalorian's good. I like it. It's very good. I can't can't wait to get some more Fett. Uh, maybe Boba Fett has some eggs that Baby Yoda could eat or something. Oh. Mandalorian eggs. Oh, I did like, I mean, because we've been always when he's coming back on the speeder bike and the the guys try to rob him with the rope in the sand, the oldest trick in the book. Yeah. And uh, he ends up just like getting the better of them. And then he makes that like little guy fly around on the, the jet pack. 
Yeah, he makes the deal. He's like, anything you want. And he, like, gives him the jetpack. And then as soon as he took the jetpack off and gave it to him, I'm like, oh, this is this is a trap. You know, like, he, he got him. You know what I mean? Did you just – you didn't say it right. It's a trap. No, I don't say it like that. You, say you gotta. Like no. But, yeah, that's I was the same way, too. So, all around, fun. Yeah, Mandalorian's been good so far this season. Mm-hmm. Not the out-of-nowhere surprise that last season was, but still very good. Right. Well, you know what? That was the the amazement of a baby Yoda. You know what I mean? I guess. Like, I really think that's what drove the first. I think this season is just as good as last season, but because everybody is like, now we have like baby Yoda fatigue, that it's not it's not as a, in people's minds as amazing. Uh, so the Mandalorian is still on his mission to try to find more like him on his quest to return uh, the child to his people. And in mm-hmm. this episode, it's the first time that he says the Jedi, or at least the first time this season, right? I believe so. That he actually speaks the words the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So he then uh, goes to what would be a fish town, if you will, and I don't mean the suburb of Philly, um, but you have a lot of your Mon Calamari types, your squid head types, and I'm very saddened in myself that I don't know the names of those specific, like the uh, the genus and species of those <laughs> fish head, t- or the, the squid head type people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are a cool effect. They had a bunch of them in this episode, and you got to see them do a bunch of cool, like... Uh, I thought the I thought the effects on the squid people were really neat. Oh, I thought you were going to complain about them. No, I thought they were cool. Because um, te- technically, wouldn't their tentacles be beards, and so that's facial hair slash wigs? So I don't know where you stand on. Yeah, that. I stand on the side of uh, pro tentacle. So uh, he he abor- he boards a fishing ship. They're going to take him to some folks like him. Um, but if only there was a Mon Calamari there to tell him what was really going on, Todd, because it's a trap. It was a trap. Uh, they push the baby Yoda into like some sort of weird monster that they have on their ship that they're going to feed. Uh, Mandalorian goes in after it. They close him up. And then not one, not two, but three Boba Fett's come to save him. <sighs> Two Lady Boba Fett's and one Man Boba Fett. Right, and one of them is a Battlestar Galactica, and the other one is a Sasha Banks. Right, I'm. I, I guess whatever. I was more thinking about Starbuck Mandalorian. So. Well, that's what I mean. Starbuck. She was a Battlestar Galactica. Yep. yep. I'm. I'm Team Starbuck, not Team the Boss. Yeah. See, you know her catchphrase. Right. Of the Bossalorian. Yeah, there. the Bossalorian. But yeah, Sasha Banks is a Boba Fett now. Right. Um, so they show up. They have the armor. They rescue Mando. And then they immediately take off their helmets and he freaks out. Yep. Because that is not the way. Right. But little does he know that it is the way. Because it's just he- that he's kind of set in his old ways. And this is the new funky way that the Mandalorians do things. Right, or it was he was raised by an extremist sect of Mandalorians. Yeah, 
and he doesn't really know about the other one. So they're like, we could take our helmets off anytime we want. And he's like, and I, I can imagine like the whole time I could have done this, the whole time I could have shown this pretty face. So, but. so, uh, they will assist him if he assists them, uh, getting a cache of weapons off an Imperial cruiser. And then we get like a real cool fight heist scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, a bunch of stuffy guys in Imperial soldier costumes. Uh, them making fun of poor stormtroopers for not being able to shoot right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I liked this episode a lot. I thought it was really fun. Right. Um, the main commander on the ship was another Deadwood character. We had two with the two characters. I, I just like that I'm counting the Deadwood actors that are in all this. But uh, one of my favorite things that we, we didn't talk about is that they got when they got to this water planet or whatever, that when they were landing the ship. Um, oh, like was, I forgot to mention about the ship. The ship coming in, right? I don't know if you know this because the episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. So if you go, she ended up putting up a tweet and it's really cool that it's a shot for shot remake of her father's, the capsule from Apollo 13 dropping into the atmosphere. She just like did an homage to it. So when like this, the, the razor crest comes in, it's like coming in they show it from the same angle above dropping into the atmosphere. It bursts into flame and she, she puts them side by side and it's really cool. But then I land where they're like the, the, the guy, the Harbor master's like, you're coming in too hot. He's like, I'm working on it. And then finally he's like, Oh, we're just about to hover. And then it flops in the water and they bring a crane at at Joe out to get it out of the water, which I, I laughed at. I'm glad that at ats are still getting work. You know, uh, and I do find it charming of what a big piece of junk uh, Mando's ship is. Um, now because it got beat up, I like the fact when he gave it to the when he gave it to the Admiral Akbar's people, he's like, "I paid you a lot of money," and basically they just like took you know pieces of metal and duct taped it to the side of the the Razor Crest, so looked pretty good. Ugh. They use like nets to prop things up. Ugh. And then there was some weird creature that Baby Yoda ate. Because, of course, that's all Baby Yoda does is eat weird creatures. All right. Now, I have to ask you, Joe, because it's our favorite time of, you know, Mandalorian talk, is was there too little Baby Yoda, too much Baby Yoda, or just the right amount of Baby Yoda? I think after the last episode where he was on an egg-eating frenzy, (laughs) we had a lot of good callbacks Mm -hmm. to him longingly looking at eggs to eat. Right. So I feel as though this was the perfect amount of Baby Yoda. I was worried he was going to eat the tadpole at one point. I think once Baby Yoda saw something hatch out of the eggs, I could only hope that it changed his mind about eating them, but we'll have to wait for the next episode. Right. And I did like, because it's a small thing from the first episode, when they go to see uh, John Leguizamo, to get information about Mandalorians and they go to the, to the, the uh, Gamorrean MMA fight. Yes. That when trouble starts, baby Yoda knows to close the, 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 the little baby pram, the hover pram. Yes. So when he fell into the water, uh, baby Yoda's like, Oh, there's trouble. He closes it. And that's why he doesn't drown and die inside the, the big, whatever's in the thing. So it, it actually seems like they're, they're like, you know, thinking out, little stuff which they don't have to but it makes the show you know for a disney show a little smarter which i like if that makes any sense for sure 
So, but also, like we said, we're probably going to see more of these, uh, of uh, the Bossalorian and uh, Starbuck Mandalorian because they want him to join them so she can go get her dark saber back off of the whatever guy that's that's in the Empire. So I don't know. I feel all this dovetailing back in, so I'm good with it. Right. I think um, Sasha Banks Boba Fett is on for maybe at least two or three episodes. I don't look. I don't look at the, at the the IMDb's and stuff. Well, unfortunately, it's tough to avoid when it crosses over in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, I find it's not. <laughs> This is the one where we get the most callbacks, of course, to the first season mm-hmm. because uh, Gina Carano and Carl Weathers are in it, whatever their Mandalorian names are. Right. And obviously the Razor Wing is a piece of junk and ain't going to be able to make it very far. So he decides to crash land here, Mandalorian, Mando, and he sees that Gina Carano and Carl Weathers have done great strides in making things better. Mm-hmm. but it appears as though there's yet another Imperial stronghold that's popped up and it's like near a volcano in a volcano near a lava like chasm that has like lava flows that roll through it. Right. right. So the Horatio Sands alien that was frozen from the very first episode is there with him, working off his debt and uh, Carl Weathers keeps getting him to shave more years off by doing more things he doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And while in the Imperial Stronghold, they find out that this may have been the hub of the cloning operation of whatever they were doing to Baby Yoda. Right. And that just infuriates Mando more. There's a really cool f- uh, uh, spaceship battle with TIE fighters, and Baby Yoda pu- pukes up some cookies. The end. Some macaroons. Oh, that's what they were? Space macaroons. Because that's at what first, they actually were. At first, when the, when, they, when the kid had it and he was chewing on it, it was in his mouth or whatever. I'm like, is that kid chewing gum? What is that kid eating? <laughs> they're little, like, I don't know. They're like Oreo cookie kind of things. But I don't know. They're, they're all the rage now, apparently. Which, when I saw them, they're, like, not even, like, you know, you know like, affected up, like, macaroons. They were just like, no, these are just in a sleeve. I was like, okay, I guess you could have them in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. So, but the thing with the, that I did like with the, uh, with the, uh, the cloning thing was that we ended up finding out that the, 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 the guy who has the dark saber is still alive. So now Mando realizes, Oh, like the baby may, may be in danger. Maybe I can't leave him with perfect strangers everywhere I go. So I'm Moth like, all right. Gideon, you know, yes. Right. So I'm like that, that's uh, hopefully ties up that like, cause like you have the one lady on, on Tatooine. What's her name? Amy. Uh, Amy Sedaris. Sedaris. It's like, okay, you've kind of known her. If you leave him with, you know, Carl Weathers or something like that, you're okay. But she's like, here's a random protocol droid and some other kids just sit down. You'll, you'll be good. So I was like that. But then when the cloning thing, when they were like, Oh, his M count, was high. I wonder if they're talking about metachlorines, oh. Joe. Oh, I was like popping for that because every You're kid loves metachlorines. But it was a fun. This was felt like the most Star Warsy action. 
in it, like running through hallways from stormtroopers shooting back and stuff like that. So I, I, I enjoyed it for a fun action adventure episode. It, it moves the plot along. Did you hear about T-shirt guy, Joe? I did. I was going to mention about that. The, the just like the random like stage hand that like made it into the shot for a section, like a second. Mm-hmm. But that's all you need in these days. It's just one second and he's he's immortalized. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. That is they that's that's fake. They that's they left that in purpose. There. Yes, it's fake on it's out there and on purpose. They didn't cut it out. I think after the Game of Thrones slash coffee cup and then later water bottle. Wasn't there a watch one too where someone was wearing a watch? Right. And I these do happen. I totally 100% get that these things happen. But once the attention the coffee cup got, I think people are leaving stuff in and then stooging it off themselves to give their shows more publicity. Because literally somebody showed, I forget what website I was on, that they showed shot for shot. They're like, hey, here's this shot. And then somebody had a CGI in laser blasts and it or or like like red like aura colors from the, the laser blast. And they had to put it over the guy in the in the in the, the shorts and the t-shirt. And it's like 17 people had to see this. And I'm I'm at the point now where it's the same way when people are like, oh, this stuff that leaked, stuff doesn't leak anymore. It gets put out there so we can talk about it. And I think this guy in the t-shirt was was left in there because what are we doing right now? We're talking about it, Joe. Conspiracy theory, Todd is here right now. Put my tinfoil hat on and let's let's talk about this, Joe. I know a guy you need to talk to if you're wearing a tinfoil hat, but I didn't give it even that much thought. I'm just like, because even if you go and watch the scene where Baby Yoda steals, uses, finally uses his force to steal a cookie. Mm-hmm. In that scene, like as they're cutting from Baby Yoda to the, the two shot of the kid and Baby Yoda to the close up of the kid to Baby Yoda, the cookies in the pack. Right. Right. There's like in the position that it's in. And I noticed that. And, like, I was more upset about that than the one second of a guy standing in the background who shouldn't have been there. You make a fantastic point that they do so much digital stuff to add in the laser blast and the whatever else. Uh, There's a very good chance that they could have just digitally, like, got rid of that guy and no one would have Mm -hmm. been the wiser. I'll even go you one better now that you have me down the conspiracy rabbit hole. What if they digitally put that guy in? Oh, that you know, layers on layers, Joe. I don't know. But I do want to say on the cookies that the cookies were in a different spot every time. Maybe because the kid was using the force trying to get them to himself. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that one I can at least. I know that bothered you because you're like, you know, the way you are. But it, I could at least it, go. It's because it was in the foreground as opposed to the background, I guess. Right. But then you would say the shot would show baby Yoda and then it would come back and the cookies are moved. Maybe he, he forced, you know, twitched them. You know what I mean? Like he didn't start because baby Yoda has to raise his hand to do his forts magic. uh, Well, maybe he's learning. I don't know. I'm really starting to think this kid's a Sith, by the way. I really do. After choking, 
what's your face? And now doing stealing cookies. This kid's on the road to Sith, man. Eating eating unborn children. Come on, he's a Sith. Well, Anakin was a Sith, right? Later, yeah. Well, no, he uh, Yoda, adult Yoda, said that he had uh, you know the whatever in these movies that I don't acknowledge. Somehow I'm quoting them. That he had the uh, something to bring great balance to the Force. You know, right. so he was pegged to be like this big deal. And obviously Yoda didn't want to train him. So I think they knew ahead of time that he was part of the dark force or whatever, or that he was Sith, as you say. But I think all Jedi are born Sith and they have to be taught to be good. Right. Because that's just the way real people are. Yeah. No, but I will say that's kind of not the way that it worked. It was that he was going to bring balance to the force. Oh, balance. That's what And it was. he kind of did by killing everybody you know what i mean like because there was only two sith there's always two sith a master and and an apprentice and there was millions of good jedi by wiping them all out and then leaving just him and luke for a minute that brought balance to the force there because there was no more lopsided good jedi to two bad sith so he was fulfilled yeah, Yoda's prophecy was fulfilled. There you go. You got me again. Right. But also, one last thing. It's the Razor Crest, not the Razor Wing. You get it wrong oh, okay. every Razor week. Crest. My apologies. Yep, yep, yep. But, and on the clone thing, they're trying to like work with baby Yoda. What if this is the Emperor or, or the, the stuff that's setting up the clone stuff for Rise of, uh, for the whatever the last Skywalker movie was? Yeah, that's true. Like, this is all the cloning stuff to build. Uh, what was the guy who was the fake emperor for a while? He was a clone. Snoke. And Snoke. Maybe this is them, like, laying the groundwork to build Snoke and or bring back Palpatine. Well, there's there's thoughts that the Palpatine that we saw in Empire and Returns was a clone. Mm-hmm. And that the one that was, spoilers everyone, for the uh, <laughs> new Star Wars movies, the spoilers of the one that was in the cave was the original one from the prequels. And all the other ones that we saw were clones. But I get what you're saying. That, like, somehow they need Baby Yoda to do that. Right. To build, yeah. I don't know, man. I just, uh, I, 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 when you say... That there is, uh, you know, Baby Yoda is Sith. I, I definitely feel there's going to be a scene where Baby Yoda raises his hand to uh, to Mando. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he, he like 50 years, what is he, like 50 years old or something, they said? Yeah. Because, you know, what if he really understands everything? He's just been, he's just been playing Baby this whole time. Hmm. I don't know. That one's the the far-fetched ones, but... We'll see. Lots of rumor and innuendo on this. Yep, yep. And the other thing is, I need to do a better due diligence to watch Mandalorian, like, sooner in the day than later. Oh, oh, social media everywhere. You can't miss it. It's not even so much as spoilers in general. It's just discussion in general that sets the table... For my expectations, I guess. Right. But also in, I'm with you in the thing, but if, if you're going to be on online, like I find so many promoted tweets for Disney plus 
that it's like, oh, like in this episode of Mandalorian, like the the they they always do a line that they think is like not spoiling things, but it's some idiot who doesn't know how to not spoil things writing the 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 headline in the tweet. It's like, oh, like they find the they find the tanks in the latest episode of that ties to baby Yoda. It's like, oh, cloning stuff, metachlor. I'm like, just it's always that way. So that's what bugs me the most. I'll be quiet now. No, I get what you're saying. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I've I've been enjoying it. Uh, Mandalorian's a real good show, and this season's been good. I just hope the next episode. Is not we show up on a planet and someone needs help and then I go and I help them and the empire is there. Well, that's the formula, man. You don't stray from that. And I have to ask the one last question before we right. go: um, too little baby Yoda, too much baby Yoda, or just the right amount of baby Yoda? Just the right amount of baby Yoda. He puked okay. on himself, so we win. Yep. It was too much it, eating those ma- macaroons. Uh, was and uh, being shaken up in the razor crest was a little bit too much for his tum tum. Yeah, that is true. That was a cool fight. So yeah. So Todd, remember last week I said I really need to be more proactive and watch Mandalorian like as soon as it comes out. Yeah, I remember you saying that. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, obviously this past week was a holiday. We're home from work and school and everything else like that. Uh, so my kid was monopolizing much of the screens. <laughs> uh, if you, if you listen to, uh, After Dark this week, you'll hear how I spent a majority of my Friday, um, being imported and exported across town. <laughs> right. So it wasn't until like later in the evening before I got a chance to sit down to watch the Mandalorian. But by that point I had already been inundated by direct messages and texts telling me I need to watch Mandalorian now. Right. Or have you watched it? I need to talk to you about something. Yep. Same here to tell you the truth. Right. I mean, I, I watched it probably earlier than you. I watched it, uh, Friday at some point because I had the day off also right. um, early and I was like okay it's done but people were direct messaging me and you know they were like oh did you see the newest episode I think you'll like it I'm like okay I better get on this before some doofus slips up now I will say this by the time that I watched it I had already seen just people tweeting out of context mm-hmm. um, shots of uh, Ashash Katano. I call her Ashkosh by gosh, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, the character in the episode played by Rosario Dawson. She was apparently a character in the Clone Wars animated series. Is is is? Maybe I didn't know if it was that one or Rebels, but it was one. Right, right. I think it was Rebels or Clone Wars or both or one or the other. I know she was from those, right? Mm-hmm. So I see a bunch of people just tweeting out or putting on Facebook shots from the cartoon. And I'm no dope. I put two and two together. The episode's named Jedi. People are tweeting this out. Okay, she's in the episode. So, all right, I guess it's spoiled on me. Mm -hmm. Little did I know how much more was going to happen in this episode. 
Yeah, I'm just happy that Michael Bean is getting a paying gig. I was. It was good to see Reese, man. Oh, it was so good, and, and that's the thing. He's a, he's an older gentleman now, and looks like a thumb. <laughs> uh, but I'm a, I'm a fan of Michael Bean as a that guy actor, and to see him pop up in this, like I I I popped huge for him, and that could have been enough. Right. It took me a second, but I was like, "Is that Mr. Bean?" Yes, it is. Not that Mr. Bean, a different no, Mr. Bean. Right. So, you know, we're we're continuing on. I lamented last week about every episode is like, okay, you go here, Mandalorian, with Baby Yoda. <laughs> right. And, like, at the end of the episode, it's like, okay, now you have to go here and meet, like, a new cast of characters. And at the end of that episode, they're probably going to tell you, hey, now you have to go here and there's going to be a new cast of characters. And wouldn't you know who won the pony? That's what happens in this episode. But this episode was so good, I'm okay with that now. What, you don't like uh, side missions in a video game, Joe? Well, it's, it feels as though this season is just eight side missions strung together as a narrative. I don't mind because I've enjoyed them all. So Right, I don't mind that either, but I'm just like, let them stay in one spot for like two episodes. He, uh, I get what you're saying in two episodes, but he's a, he's the traveler, Joe. Yeah. You know, so, and I don't know, I kind of... Would, I mean, I would like to see him in my, if, if I had a gripe, my gripe was he goes from town to town flinging money to fix his ship and stuff like that. But we know we don't see him work. I would like in between this to see him do a few bounties or something like that, you know, just to keep the, to keep the lights on in the razor crest. For sure. But I get what you're saying. So. All right. So that being said, um, the, the episode starts off with, uh, Rosario Dawson's character, as Todd mentioned, Oshkosh Bagosh, uh, running afoul of Morgan Elizabeth, mm-hmm. the most Star Wars sounding name in Star Wars history. That's right. So she is apparently taking over this little town, is kind of ruling things with an iron fist, treating the people poorly. And uh, Oshka wants some sort of information from her about her master. Mm-hmm. So Mando shows up in town with Baby Yoda. Uh, ends up going to Morgan, who essentially says, "Hey, Mandalorians and Jedi's, you guys don't like each other. There's a Jedi who's given me some grief. If you go take care of her, I'm gonna give you this funky staff that's made of pure Beskar." Right. So Mando's and- like, "Sure, I'll do this." And I knew he wasn't gonna be on with you know Morgan. Uh, Mando's got a pretty you know, even though he got the the, the 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 squid head people got the jump on him, I think he's got a good sense of uh, who's good and evil when it comes to this sort of thing, right? Right, but I also like that she's like, oh, I'll give you this Beskar, Beskar staff if you go whack her, like bring me her head kind of a deal. And he and he just wa- – he never said yes. That's an important thing as he right. walks out, you know what I mean? So I found that interesting, but go ahead. So then he meets up with Mando, meets up with Ashka. And this is where he, Mando, is like, hey, what's the deal with Baby Yoda? And we get Baby Yoda's origin story. Mm -hmm. And we get his shoot name. Which we know is true because every time Mando said it, he looked at him. Yes. Um, So uh, Baby Yoda's name is Grogu. And our friend Becky tweeted out the other day saying that she doesn't care how controversial of a tweet this is. 
I'm not calling him Grogu. I'm calling him Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. I'm in that <laughs> camp too, man. I too. And I saw a meme of of uh, coming to America. And I hate memes, but this one got me and I couldn't find it. I saw it and it was like gone, you know? Right, right. It was the characters from the barbershop at uh, uh, Coming to America. Mm-hmm. And it's the Arsenio Hall character and it's specifically from the, the part where they're talking about which boxers could beat what other boxers. And he says, his mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. <laughs> and it was right. a shot of him. And it said his mama named him Baby Yoda. I'm going to call him Baby Yoda. <laughs> that's fantastic. Right? I'm like, that's great. So uh, the main thing is, so we get uh, Baby Yoda's origins back to, at the very least, the prequels. That he was being trained at those temples before every, everyone kind of got killed off. But he was shunted away. And he's been spending all of this time in hiding, trying to suppress his Jedi abilities so that he will not be found out. Right. And I thought that was very interesting. And then we get the scene where Ashka is attempting to test baby Yoda to see how powerful or not powerful he is, or how much of his Jedi force midi-chlorian things that he was able to do. And we get the, you know, we get the little bit at the beginning when they were in the razor crest and Baby Yoda wants that shiny ball off the 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 the, sh- the, the gear shaft or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and Mando has it on him because Baby Yoda took it out of the ship, and Ashka's trying to get him to do whatever, like move this rock, take this rock, and he didn't care, but because it was the the metal object that he wanted out of the ship, Baby Yoda was able to do stuff with that. Right. If only she had a bucket of eggs that he could have done that too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Or maybe uh, you know any food the kids a the kids a you know a, an empty chasm when it comes to eating, right? So now we they they formulate a plan Mando and Ashka to go ahead and get the drop on uh, Morgan Elizabeth. Um, it's kind of led to they lead her Morgan Elizabeth to believe that Ashka got the drop on Mando. She infiltrates into like behind her walls. They have a battle, lightsaber battle with the Besker spear, and I thought that battle was really cool. Right. And Mando shows up, and he and Michael Bean's character have, like, a back and forth, uh, where Michael Bean is trying to, like, present himself as just like, hey, man, I'm just a soldier of fortune, and I kind of go where the wind goes, and I could feel that maybe I'm on the losing side here, so I'm just going to take a walk. But, of course, he's lying. He's full of baloney. He gets shot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to leave the last part of this for you, Todd. Right. Um, so basically, uh, Oshkosh by gosh, asks, what's her name? Elizabeth? Uh, uh, Morgan Elizabeth. Morgan Elizabeth. She's like, all right, I, you know, I won. So now I want to know where your master is. And, you know, your little master by the name of Thrawn and Joe. I popped. I popped huge. Because now I know he's been in either Rebels or Clone Wars or whatever, and he's been around, and he had, you know, this past with them. But I only know Thrawn from the books, and he's one of my favorite characters. So the fact that he might show up in the this Mandalorian show 
um, I'm fascinated with, and the rumors that it might be, uh, is it Wednesday Comics? One of our uh, yep. listeners. I was going to mention, friend of the show, longtime listener of the show, uh, Wednesday Comics with an X. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had pointed out to us that they were the ones about two years ago, uh, kind of at the beginning of all this, to call this, and I guess point out that there had been rumors and innuendo that it was going to be Matt Smith, who's a the Doctor 11. Who. Yep, was the 11th Doctor. Right, because he was supposed to be in Rise of Skywalker, maybe? Something like that. Right, his part got cut, and it was rumored that he was Thrawn in there, blah, blah, blah. But if that's true, if it turns out to be Matt Smith and Thrawn, you'll you'll hear me screaming um, from your house, Joe. So I'm I'm really looking. I'm I'm hoping that's what it is. But just the fact that they name dropped him means he has to show up, right? Or at least, if not, when Oshkosh by Gosh gets her own show, he has to show up there. So, well, we um we could even get him as a tease. Like you don't even need to cast him for this season. You could tease him at the end of season two to be the villain for season three. Right, and if you don't use him, all you need is a silhouette with bright red eyes. Yeah. Which is fine. Which makes sense. I think Gideon's working for Thrawn. You know what I mean? For sure. So I, I'm all I'm all about that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But I do want to talk about one thing with Baby Yoda. All uh, right. I believe that Baby Yoda now is going to turn Sith. Because I believe he's the love child of oh. Yaddle and Count Dooku. Oh, That's boy. where you get the Grogu from. And he's going to turn into to Count Grogu instead of Count Dooku. And he's going to turn and become like some Darth Cuteus or something like that. <laughs> I would love to see Baby Yoda as Darth Cuteus with a little red lightsaber. Oh, okay. my God. In a, in a black, whatever he's wearing. Whew. This is not the first time you've floated this theory, and I hate it every time. However... Well, it wasn't with Dooku the last time. It was with Yoda. Now well, it makes your more sense. Your theory is now being fleshed out. Right. So while I hate your theory, your theory with a white, fiery, hot passion. <laughs> right. The marketing person in me sees so much opportunity to take unsold baby Yoda merchandise, paint it black, and resell it next year. As Darth Cuteus? Yes. <laughs> Oh, so, so good. You make some stickers, you put them on the boxes, you give them a spray paint of black, and boom, it's a new thing. That's right, and the money rolls in. Just a license. So, hey, I'm liking, uh, I, I like uh, Mandalorian, it's a good show. I do too, and I thought, I thought Rosaria Dawson did a fantastic job. Yes. I'm not really familiar with the character because, like I said, I do feel like if I was more into the Rebels or Clone Wars, like a lot of these characters would make, they might have been around before, but I don't know, you know, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, I will say um, the alien species that she is, uh, is Twi'lek. Right. uh, Which is the alien species of my favorite uh, (laughs) Star Wars character, Bib Fortuna. So yep. if that means uh, Bib Fortuna somehow survived the explosion of Jabba's uh, sail barge and maybe he shows up in this, I'll be all about it. Right. I know the extended universe stuff isn't fact anymore. They wiped it all away. But the short stories, Bib Fortuna did survive. He wasn't on the uh, barge at the time. But 
You remember those walking spiders that were in Jabba's palace that nobody knew what they were? They were like brains in a globe from the bottom of a of a spider. Do you remember that? Yes. That he was attacked by one of those and his brain was taken out of his body and he was put in one of those. That's what one of the short stories said. So I that's the way that. I always see Bib now is in a fishbowl with legs. Yeah, I, I see him. I see him as beautiful as he looked when he comes out of the shadows, confronts Luke in Return of the Jedi, and says, We Wonga. And I'm like, oh, oh. that's my man. Yeah, you must you must let him speak. <laughs> oh, weak will weak minded fool. Oh. Good stuff. Bib uh, Bib didn't get enough screen time. No, but you know what though? He in a different world, he could have been like Boba Fett, where when they do the remasters. He's right. in like he's in both the front shot and the reverse shot at the same time. You know, he gets like he goes from having five minutes of screen time to forty five minutes of screen time. Right, right. <laughs> and I mean, they just lost out on tons of merchandise. And just a bib for Tana for Tuana bib yeah. would be like twenty left on the table, as far as I'm concerned. Oh. When you're eating, ooh, maybe. He could be the guy. He brought the frogs to Jabba. Maybe he could be the one who brings the frogs to uh, Baby Yoda. There you go. There you go. It comes all around to the frogs, man. I still, I still don't like the idea of uh, Sith Baby Yoda, Darth Cutius, but... <laughs> Darth Cutius, son of Yaddle and Count Dooku, love child. Now, if you wanted to call him the love child, baby Yoda, I'm 100% that. And you wouldn't even have to remarket a lot of stuff. You know those stickers that you're putting on everything? Yeah. You could just put the love over child, you know what I mean? And you're good to go. Oh, so this is also related but unrelated as we wrap up the show, right? I mentioned we mentioned during the main port part of the show about how uh, Doctor Doom and whatnot is in the Fortnite. Right. Apparently, one of the new ACDC songs was in the Fortnite as well. Oh, good. The kids, the kids will like that. Maybe Ace will learn that too. Uh, Demon Fire. Great. That's the best song off the album. Okay. So spoilers. So it happened today that the big Galactus event happened. It, like ended where they like they're taking a break on Fortnite and then. When it comes back up tomorrow, it's going to be Star Wars Mandalorian stuff. Right. But the last, like, month has been Marvel stuff. And there's, like, this big cutscene where all the Marvel characters and your Fortnite characters are banding together to take down Galactus. And you're, like, in this modified bus. And, like, I don't know why you're going through, like, Death Star trenches, but whatever, man. (laughs) And uh, the ACDC song plays there. And, like, my kid did it while I was at work. And then before I came and recorded the show, he pulled it up on YouTube. And he's like, Dad, you got to watch this. This was awesome. So mm-hmm. it was it was his, his – the character he was using was Doctor Doom. And, you know, as they're battling Galactus, Demon Fire by ACDC is playing. So it's the most Todd experience in a video <laughs> game that he didn't even know happened. That's right. Maybe he's my love child. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you might need to call Stan Malibu on that one first. Oh, that is true. So everyone really liked this episode of Mandalorian. Yeah. Directed by uh, Robert Rodriguez. 
Oh, and I want to make a. I want to preface this here. I can't speak for Todd, but I'm going to speak for myself and say, I'm no longer going to attempt to pronounce these alien people's names. Okay. Because I do it very poorly, and I feel as though me doing this poorly detracts from what we're actually discussing on the show. Mm -hmm. And then you get called out on Twitter. Ah, yes. And I don't got I don't got no problem in being called out on Twitter, but I I have a feeling as though, and I got no problem in calling uh, Rosario Dawson's co- character Oshkosh Bagosh. Mm-hmm. And I got no problem calling Grogu Baby Yoda because Mama named him Baby Yoda. I'ma call him Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm just gonna say like, oh, that guy and this girl, and you know the one, right? Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm the same way. If I know a name, I'll say it. If I don't, then what are you going to do? Yeah. Because there may be one or one name during this that I do know. Yeah, there might be one. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mando brings Baby Yoda to Tython, brings him to the ruins of the Jedi Temple, and tries to get him to form some sort of connection, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying, trying, trying. No connection being made. And then all of a sudden... Baby Yoda's, like, meditating inside of a blue thing. Blue aura around him. Shows he's good, because blue is, like, the side of good, right? Right, sure, why not? Unless it's electricity. And Mando foolishly, like, tries to jump headfirst in there to grab him, like, several times. Mm -hmm. Even I knew him, like, okay, I'm not getting through this. Maybe I'll try once, but I won't try several times. Mm-hmm. I know your your mission is to protect Baby Yoda at all costs, but I don't know. Stop diving at first into the blue aura. Right. Well, he was only doing that because a ship showed up, Joe. Mm, that's right. And it was a very familiar ship. Right. It was like the a slave one. Mm-hmm. And it was piloted by Ming-Na Wen. I don't know what her character's name is. An actual shoot Boba Fett. Right. But as I say, Boba Fett, more like Boba Fat. Oh, boy. <laughs> Go ahead. So they strike up a deal where they kind of re- relate to each other, Mando and Boba Fett. Their origins to each other. Ma- Boba Fett is looking for his armor. Makes his case for why he deserves his armor back. Mando Mando agrees with him. Just as the Imperial troopers are landing. uh, And they're sending out stormtrooper after stormtrooper. I did like the bits of Boba Fett using one of the Tusken Raider staffs. A gaffy stick, Joe. A gaffy stick. To Mm -hmm. just straight up smash fools heads with it. That was really cool. (laughs) Right. The most useless thing on the in the world is an unloaded gun and or stormtrooper armor. It seemed as though it was made of porcelain. Right. The way it was shattering. Mm-hmm. And then another ship shows up. And then uh, Moff Gideon. And maybe I'm a dope. And I it took like I meant to mention this like a week or two ago. But uh, Moff Gideon is played by the same guy who plays the head of Vaughn Industries on The Boys. Yeah. 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 Like I like I like. I realized that it was the same guy, but I'm like, hey, it's the same guy, like, two weeks ago. Right. And I just want to say about the Stormtrooper armor, the only thing that it will stop is the Stormtroopers living. That's the only thing. But, yes, um, I do want to say, though, I don't think 
uh, Boba Fett uh, and Mando agreed early on. It was after the battle that they agreed that he should keep the armor. But uh, I will say this. um, He... In the sh- in the the stalemate, the Mexican standoff, whatever you want to call it, where like he's like, okay, uh, Mando, t- uh, where Boba Fett says, take off the jetpack and we'll talk. Everybody put down their guns, but you take off. I was like, I hated that. I literally hated that because that was no other reason than for later on him not being able to fly. And at no point in this episode while they're fighting does he go like pick up the jetpack. Um, and I get it, like you're running around, you're fighting, but you figure that would be like his biggest advantage to have is the jetpack. And then I didn't go back and watch it myself, but they say when he goes to to the the plant, whatever planet it is, with uh, Carl uh, Carl Weathers, and uh, that he goes to see Kara, that 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 woman. That he's not wearing it then, so which he wears everywhere. I'm like, did he not pick it up? After that, I don't know. There's a lot with the jetpack that upsets me. Um, but like, I really like the episode of the fighting. Like uh, Rodriguez knows how to do an action sequence beyond you know anything. So I was I I I, I really like this episode. Uh, oh, and then we and then um, you know Moff Gideon and his crew like this is all a distraction. They get Baby Yoda and they spirit him away. Right, and they blow up the Razor Crest. Right, and the Razor Crest just after it just got fixed up like an episode of, uh, episode or two ago. It's blown to smithereens. Right, and not just like you said when it's smithereens, like there was no debris. Like you, like in in the thought of like, oh, they'll rebuild the Razor Crest. You're like, no, there's a crater and a Beskar staff, and that's it. And I was like, okay, but I just want to say, Joe, to all you fools. Who think Boba Fett has gone face? You're crazy. You're crazy. I don't know how. Like I, I get that they want to make like, you know, because he's a popular character and you can make a TV show about him. But there are so many holes in his story that I don't understand. Like he doesn't even tell his whole story. If he wanted the armor, Joe, why didn't he go get it when he was on Tatooine, where it was? Why follow it to? Uh, Darth Cutius and 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 the Mandalorian and all this stuff. So he's got he's got something completely else up his screen sleeve. Every time we've seen him, he's been a jerk and a terrible person. But now because they make him look great in a fight, um, which doesn't work for me because I'll always remember Return of the Jedi. So you new kids, you get to get a cool, awesome Boba Fett. But this wasn't enough to to change my perception of him, even though it was really, really awesome. I just don't see him telling the truth. I don't see him helping uh, Mando for anything. There's something that he's up his sleeve that he wants to do. You make a very good point. And uh, the action scene was cool, but I just liked this episode. Maybe um, I'm kind of over Boba Fett being a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, in the t- the season and two thirds that we've got of Mandalorian, I think Mandalorian's already proven himself to be cooler than Boba Fett's ever been. Exactly. And now to retrofit him into this as like he's even cooler than Mando. I don't know. Right. It's not the way that uh, that armor was. Uh, he was testing the tensile strength <laughs> of that armor when he put it on. Like sausage in a casing. But uh, and, and listen, I'm no slender reed myself. Me but, either. 
But I do want to say I think I know what's what he's after. Okay. He wants that dark saber, like like uh, Katie Sackoff wants it, because that's like some court is kind of like Mandalorian uh, uh, artifact. And I think Boba Fett wants the sword. He's like, if I follow these guys around, they'll get me to Moff Gideon, and I can get my sword, and I could become. I don't know. It's like, is it something like Excalibur? I think you become King of the Mandalorians if you pull it from the stone. So that's my take on it. Right. We get the bit where uh, Baby Yoda's on the Imperial uh, Star Destroyer. Moff Gideon goes in there and kind of taunts him with the dark saber. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, you're not ready for this yet. And then like tranks him, stuns him, puts him in shackles. And they got bad. They got bad intentions planned for poor Baby Yoda. I'm sure. Right, but man, Darth Cutius just choking out stormtroopers. Man, fantastic. You can call him Baby Yoda. I know his real name. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, they told us in the past that every Sith has like there's always two. You know. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen who uh, Moff Gideon. We don't even know. Well, Moff Gideon has the lightsaber. We don't know how force sensitive he is himself. I we think don't he know just if has there's like some other dark Jedi somewhere around, or if he's going to go deliver him to uh, Palpatine or whatever. Right. Yeah, that is true. Like, or I don't know. Maybe they're still trying to clone Palpatine. We'll see. I'm confused on what's going on, but I'm I'm loving. It. And it was probably the shortest episode of the Mandalorian. They were saying, but didn't feel like it because it was. No. It was, you know, it was all there. It was like when it was, I felt like that was the amount of time they needed to tell that, that, that story. Right. And that's something that we've discussed here before with a lot of these, um, you know, streaming shows where if an episode needs to be 40 minutes, it's 40 minutes. If it needs to be 28 minutes, it's 28 minutes. If it needs to be 60 minutes to tell the story, it is what it is to tell the story. They're not, I feel as though they're not putting padding in there or not telling all of the story that we need to. And again, I like this episode, but I don't think I liked it as much as everyone else did. And listen, I like Boba Fett very much. I just don't like him as much as everyone else does, I think. Right. And I'm actually anti-Boba Fett. So, um, oh, okay. like I said, of all the time, I always thought, like, that in the holiday special, he looked cool. That Because we're going to get our first look of the new character in that god-awful holiday special. But then it was like, Empire? All right. The, 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 the coolest thing that he did was, was hide with the garbage. Uh, when when the Falcon hid with the garbage, he knew the ploy. That's the one thing that he did. And then everything after that was, you know, loser Boba Fett. So I, I never got it other than he looked kind of cool in the armor. But that old joke of him getting taken out by a blind guy, you know, that's the way I'll always see him. And then getting eaten by a monster that can't move. So, I mean, like, I don't know what to tell you. They're doing a lot of retconning. He, the character needs a lot of rehabilitation. He needs a fresh coat of paint on that armor. Oh, there you go. Like I said, I liked it. Just, you know, not the best. Right. Weakest episode of the season so far. Let's say that. Uh, Story-wise, okay. Action-wise, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's the action did help it raise it up a bit, you know? And they finally, uh, a few episodes ago, d- uh, removed that guy drinking a coffee digitally. So we don't have to worry about that anymore if you go back and watch it. Oh, they did? Yeah, they put out a statement like, we've removed him digitally. So you never have to worry about that again. And all the <laughs> publicity that we got was worth every penny. 
Yeah, because this, this this little show that could really needed some extra help to get over that hump to get more people to watch it, you know? Exactly. exactly. This small franchise that's barely chugging along. That's right, this mom and pop store putting up the Mandalorian. That's right. Goodness. All right. So uh, that's, I guess, part of all of our discussion here of the penultimate episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, seeing the return of our favorite imperial stand-up comedian, Bill Burr. That's right. He's back. Bill Burr is the, I can't quite put my finger on it, of The, the Mandalorian is... Doesn't matter how good of an actor he is, and he's a good actor in this, and it doesn't matter what he's up to. I just like, I'm like, why is Bill Burr in a Star Wars? What's going on here? Well, we already had what's his face as the taxi driver in the first season episode. Yeah, that and Horatio a- Sands, so it's yeah. all good. And John Leguizamo was the guy at the Gamorian Guard MMA fight thing. That's right. But, like, uh, I don't know. Like, they're just, like, one-off bit character sort of things. I know Horatio Sands came back in the uh, Apollo Creed Carl Weathers episode. Right. But, like, Bill Burr, like, does, like, like, he's done, like, heavy lifting in two episodes. I'm going to say this, though, just before. He's going to be one of Mando's Magnificent Seven when it comes time. Mm -hmm. They're building to the Magnificent Seven, so... I, I'd have to figure out how many we have so far, because obviously you have Carl Weathers, you have Lorna Dune, um, you have, um, I can't think of her, her name, she was in uh, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. So right there you have four with Bill Burr. Like we need, you have Boba Fett, that's five. We need two more for like, uh, well, wait. For his, what? So, okay, we got Mando, mm-hmm. we got Carl Weathers. Right, that's two. We got, we got Lorna Dune. Three. We got Boba Fett. Four. We got the lady with a Boba Fett. Five. Bill you Burr. Got, you got Bill Burr. That's six. We need one more. The 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 Rosario Dawson Jedi, Oshkosh Bagash. Right. I'm thinking it might be Katie Sackoff, the Mandalorian. Ah. Uh, oh, that's right. We haven't seen the other three uh Mandalorians where Sasha Banks is a Boba Fett. Right. Um, because I do think uh Oshkosh by gosh, they announced that she's getting her own show, I guess. So that'll be the offshoot. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much more we'll see of her. Right. But maybe she'll show up as like the, the Jedi, like uh, lightsaber thing. I don't know, but I have a feeling it'll be seven altogether, you know, to go after uh, Darth Cutius. Right. So they break Bill Burr out of the mining prison that he's in. Right. The scrapyard, the scrapyard, because uh, him being a previous, uh, Imperial something or other. Sharpshooter. He he knows how to get in and get the codes so they could find out where Moff Gideon is since he's got the baby Yoda and Mandalorian needs to get the baby Yoda. Um, So their plan is they're going to go to this planet that's a secret mining hub, right? Mm-hmm. That are on like these cool track vehicles moving some sort of highly uh, combustible element they're going to disguise themselves in like really cool stormtrooper outfits. Mm-hmm. Get in there, get the codes and get out. Right. But then 
they're attacked by pirates during the, the traveling, and you get some heightened whatever as they're trying to stick thermal detonators, and a bunch of the other transports get blown up. But this one gets defended off because Mando's able to stop things. And there's a lot of stuff in this episode, both before they get into the transporter and while they're in the transporter, of Bill Burr ribbing Mando about taking off his helmet. Oh, you're going to have to take off your Mandalorian helmet to put on the Star Wars helmet or the, the Stormtrooper helmet. Then when they're inside the, the, the transport driving, Bill Burr takes his helmet off. And he's like, oh, come on, you know, these things are stifling. Take off your helmet, and Mando won't do it. But later in the episode, Mando does it. They get to the bunker. They're going to go, Bill Burr is going to go in there, but he sees his old uh, superior officer is sitting in there, and he gets worried. He's like, oh, boy, he might recognize me. Mission's off. I can't risk it. Mando's like, well, I'll go do it. But the thing where they get the codes from has facial recognition security in it. So Mando has to take his helmet off. And for the second time in the entire series, Mando takes his helmet off. Mm -hmm. And they play it up like it's a big deal. And it kind of feels like it is, you know. Uh, They make make it special. I I will. I, I do like the fact that if you go back and you watch it, that he looks very vulnerable without the mask on. Or the helmet, like Mando's like, and if you watch him, he, there's this cool thing that he does without the helmet because he's been wearing it for so long that like when he looks left and right, he doesn't use his eyes. He turns his whole body. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Cause he's like in, there's no peripheral in those helmets. So he's like, when he looks to his, you could see him kind of like not turn, like turn the head, but turn the shoulders. And I'm like, that's really cool. And I don't like, I, I get what you're saying. You were joking around about Bill Burr ribbing him, but he's trying to like prove like Bill Burr's trying to prove a point to him. He's like, you talk about this and that. And he's like, well, if you, you know, if you were on this planet, it's this, but if you were on Alderaan like that, but you're, you know, both of them are dead kind of a deal. He's like, just talking. He's like, so it really doesn't matter. And I like the fact, cause people were like, oh, he had to take the helmet off to use the thing. And it's just a, you know, a ploy or whatever. And I'm like, it's interesting because now he's starting to test his credos and stuff like that. Because like he, his, his, the armorer said, like, all right, now you're a clan of two. You and the baby. You have to take the baby back to its people. He's like, that's your new mission. Well, that's his mission, his credo or whatever. But on top of that, his credo is not to take off the helmet. It's like, well, what one's more? He can't do both. Do you know what I mean? And it's interesting to see him being torn. And it's the same thing of Bill Burr ribbing him. He's like, wait a minute. Like, He's like, you say you can't take off your helmet but you have the stormtrooper helmet on. Now, what is it is because not being able to take your helmet off and not being able to show your face are two different things. It's like, it's like what you're willing to, 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 to see and do your perception of things. It's like from a certain point of view, almost, you know what I mean? And I found that really interesting. And then when Bill Burr does his face turn where he's just like, he's talking to the commander and you find out that like he was part of operation cinder and like tens of thousands of people died like while Bill Burr was under him and everything. And he's like, no, no, like this isn't how it goes. And he ends up shooting him and he's talking to Mando and he's like, I'm working some stuff out. I was like laughing because it was a cool moment, but I do like in the end that like Bill Burr's character is good. It's like, and I do, I do think he will, he will definitely be back. 
Uh, yeah, again, not peeking ahead, not any spoilers, not nothing like that. Uh, I agree. And they, you know, they do get out. They shoot the place up. Um, they, and they, they let, uh, Bill Burr go free. They're just right. like, oh, it's a shame that prisoner, you know, TK421 or whatever, <laughs> right. uh, didn't make it out alive. Can't return him if he's dead. Oh, well. And they just mm-hmm. kind of let him go. They leave him on the planet, of course, with no way really to get out. But, you know, he's an industrious guy. He'll figure it out. Right. Right. And here's my my dream booking, Joe. Boba Fett, who has a fresh coat of paint, by the way, Joe, hmm. um, is when it all comes down. And, That's and Bo- a little suspect. I'm just going to say. What? Um, hey, we're in the all- middle of this important mission to save the baby Yoda. Hang on, I'm going to need an hour to six to repaint my armor. Right. Now, you're joking, right? Or are you serious? Because I always always go, they have plenty of time. Well, see, people always forget, like, in these things, it's like, oh, we're going from one uh, system to another. In all that time, they go in hyperspace. I always laugh. It's like the travel time, like, that they talk about. It's like days for these things. We just don't see them sitting in the ship for days uh, you know, d- doing nothing going. So I'm fine if he's fixing his armor while they're flying, whatever. But I do think down the line when the, when the super group gets together, just the league of star Wars, Joe, um, they all get together and there's a traitor in the midst and everybody's going to think it's bill Burr and it's going to be Boba Fett. Cause I keep saying it. And I said it last week, all you people who believe he's turned good, are crazy he's gonna be the guy's gonna be like oh somebody alerted the empire that we're coming and they all look at bill burns like and boba's be like it was me the whole time and i'm like that's what's gonna happen joe that's what's gonna happen all right i'm penciling in your uh your i'm penciling in your uh 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 prediction here Mm -hmm. uh but we end now that they have the coordinates uh, Mando sends a hollow message to Moff Gideon <laughs> that just says, uh, Moff Gideon, I'm coming for you. That's right. With no weapons, no plan, worth a darn. And he's just like, you know, kind of like the doctor going after the Daleks in season one. You remember that special episode? But yeah, I do like any time someone calls up whoever they're coming after and just lays down the lines like, I'm not done with you. As of right now, you know, I got your number. If I got your number, that means I know where you are. Here I come. And I do love that. That's so, that's so like awesome when people do that. Yep. Uh, very exciting. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, made up for this, even though I don't have the same attachment for the Boba Fett like everybody else does, which is fine. Um, not no more. I don't, you know, Boba Fett's cool, but I don't know. I think a lot of people think he's a lot cooler than he actually is. Um, and I was okay with there being no baby Yoda in them in the episode. You know, I, I, I know was, where baby, I know where baby Yoda is. He's not doing okay. I want him I, to go save him. He's all sleepy. Um, oh, but yeah, was, a little bit of sleepy time tea. I was just going to ask uh, if, you know, if there was enough Yoda, baby Yoda, too little, too much, but you you, you beat me to it. So yeah, there was no baby Yoda, but I'm okay with that. Right. He's not, he's out choking stormtroopers. I, you know, I was going to tweet it at you. Um, let me see if I could find it. Does, does baby Yoda have to choke a trooper? No, I didn't see that. Hang on. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Can't wait till he starts throwing a, a lightning bolts at them. Like his buddy Palpatine. No, I, I might not be able to find it. It might have been on the dude's Facebook page as opposed to his Twitter page. Uh, but it was mouth. like, it was the Darth Cuteous version of uh, your baby Yoda with like all like gnarled and gnashing teeth and so forth. Right. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Unlimited power. That's what he's going to do. And he's just baby Yoda's going to turn into Darth Cuties, like all wrinkled up and stuff. Oh, I can't wait until all these people who love cute baby Yoda when he turns evil and he does all that and he's got the snaggle tooth. Oh, it's going to be so good. No, I, I think uh, they can't they can't turn uh, baby Yoda heel. It's Favreau. It's the surprise you you never thought you'd see coming. I think your Boba Fett heel turn is going to be your surprise. I, I do too. I I honestly never think you know Baby Yoda is going to be the Sith, but it's just fun to rile people up with it. But I wholeheartedly believe like that. I just I just don't feel that you know Boba Fett after being a jerk for all these years is going to turn. You know I don't know. I just don't see it. But yeah, you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. Uh, So this is the rescue. Uh, The Mandalorian and his allies attempt a daring rescue of Baby Yoda. All right. All right, that's it, really. That's all we got to say. No. Um, (laughs) So uh, Mando, of course, is with uh, Boba Fett. And uh, Gina Carano and Katie, not uh, who's the who's the girl with uh, Boba Fett? What's her name? I forget. Um, I don't know. She was. See, we're terrible at this. Um, she was in Agents of Shield. Ming Ne Wah. Yes, might be mispronouncing that. Yes, Ming Na Wen. My apologies. Um, so they. Um, are gonna go. They're gonna do their big attack on Moff Gideon's ship. They meet up with the other. Now, weren't there three Mandalorians before? And this time, there's only the two. There's right. uh, uh, Katie Sackoff and Sasha Banks. The other one isn't like around. Right. There was a. There was. There was Katie Sackoff, the Bossalorian, and then there was another guy. Right. That that that's not around when they show up at the bar. But first, they go kidnap. The don't they start off by kidnapping the doctor who was stealing baby Yoda's blood? Oh, that's right. That's right. Which has one of my best moments. You, you call her Gina. I call her uh, Lorna Dune because her name's Kara. Kara Dune, I think, um, where she goes and they get on the, the shuttle and they're like, hey, we're taking you. And the one guard's like, you're from Alderaan. Like, I blew it up. I was on the Death Star. And she's like, which one? How, how are they working out for you? Kind of a deal. And I was like, that's great, but she gets the best of them. And then now they have the information that they need and they're going to go get, uh, they're going to go get, get Moff Gideon. They go to the bar and, you know, the Bossalorian throws down with Boba, Joe. She gives, she gives him a uh, spinning DDT through a cement table. Right. And I do like the nod where she says to Ming when she talks, she's like, I didn't know sidekicks get to talk because she, and I wish I find it funny because she was 
Katie Sackoff sidekick in the last episode was in. She didn't get to say anything. So I thought that was kind of a, a nice little nod, but they all join up with the band because Katie wants Moff Gideon and the, the dark saber. The only rule that she has is Moff had, I want him. I want to take him down. He has to surrender to me. And they're like, Oh, okay. Seems, seems a fine. Shouldn't be a yeah. problem. Yeah. You know, we'll work it out when we get there. You know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll put together our plan because the main thing is, is they have all those funky battle droids, right? Right. The dark. And troopers. those, those are the main things that they need to worry about. What are they called? Dark troopers. The dark troopers. And that was, uh, what's his face? That, uh, creepy doctor guy who was stealing baby Yoda's blood. He's like, no, no, no. There's like no people inside those anymore. Like people were the thing holding them back. Now, like they're all machine, you know? Right. And there's a few more than you actually think on that ship. Yes. So that with that information, they're like, okay, we need to create some sort of diversion and because those things run so hot that they're kept in like this special docking bay where they're kept cool, once there's an alert, it's going to take seven minutes for those things to heat up and be ready to go. So mm-hmm. we're going to split up. Mando's going to go by himself per his own request. And everyone else is going to take the um, Imperial uh, cruiser thing. Right. Fly it to the, uh, Im- the the Star Destroyer and say, hey, we need to come in. Open up the tube. Let us in. This guy's shooting at us. Oh, no. And that's going to be like Boba Fett's thing. This is like Boba Fett's going to shoot them. He's the decoy. Or they're the decoy. He's assisting the decoy. This gets Mando onto the ship in the hopes that he can get far enough along before they get discovered and they hit the thing for the seven minutes and turn on the battle droids. Right. And I like the fact that, like you said, Boba is like in Slave One going, all right, I'll I'll throw fire down on you to look like thing. And then when you sneak in, like, you know, you'll you'll run into the to the bay and then I'll I'll just have to light speed out of here because God forbid I have to run into anybody. You know what I mean? Right. So, so I was like, okay, well, Todd had this theory that Boba Fett was going, and I was like buying into it that Boba Fett was going to betray them. So maybe this was a secret way that they knew Boba Fett was going to betray him. So like, let's not bring him along. Maybe I, well, I have a reason for that. When we get to the end of the episode, we'll discuss. Right. And we'll get there when we get there, of course. So uh, Mando's going through his thing, uh, going through the Imperial uh, Star Destroyer, and he's looking to go get Baby Yoda, and of course confront Moff Gideon to get whatever he needs to, while um, Gina Carano, Sasha Banks, Katie Sackhoff are you know fighting off stormtroopers and whatnot because they got found out, the alarm set, we're on the seven minute clock, and one of the battle droids get out before Mando can shut the, the hatch on them. Right, he's trying to lock the close the blaster doors close the blast door you know but yeah. he can't get them done one gets out and they have a throwdown which is just fun you know what i mean right it's just a, a relentless beating of poor uh mando right if it wasn't for the fact that his helmet was beskar which is pretty much star wars adamantium yes um, that his head would be crushed because when he was doing the piston fist on uh mando's face i was like 
Oh, and it's just slowly backing through the wall. And he's like, I got to take this out. And the rest of them are slamming on the glass and they're going to come through. And finally he ends up beating him with the Beskar staff, ends up cutting them. You know what I mean? And closes. And he's like, oh, all right. I shut the, I closed the blast doors. And then he launches them all out into space. And I'm like, and at this moment, I'm even kind of like, they, you know, they fly, right? And there's nobody in them. So they should be really okay. I think they might be coming back before the end of this episode, Joe. <laughs> but, you know, in the action, you kind of were like, ah, we'll see where it goes. That was one yeah, of my yeah, problems. It was a cool moment to, like, kind of take you out of that idea, you know? Right. But I'm like, really, are they going to be that far gone? But, uh, yeah, so. So then um, Mando comes upon Baby Yoda. Moff Gideon shows up. And he's like, take him, he's yours. I'm not going to stop you. We've already taken everything that we can from him. You know, there's no more that you we, we need him for. Go ahead. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this Moff Gideon seems trustworthy. I'm just <laughs> going to take him at his word. Let me turn my back on this oh, guy. Oh, Mando, you dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Every heel, every heel move is going to happen here. And he's like, eh, seems legit. I think I could take his word for it. So they have a they have a pretty cool fight. Uh, there was only like one instance where I could see um, maybe some digital trickery on the stuntman to try to make him look like the actor who plays Moff Gideon. More on that later. I hate when uh, they try to make you you know they cover up your the the stuntman's face with somebody else. But anyway, um, so they go through uh, the little battle. Mando takes. Moff Gideon down and gets the dark saber from him. Uh, right. Because uh, Moff Gideon goes, all right, I sur- I yield myself to you. I surrender to you. I'm mm. like, oh, that's, that's interesting. So we later learn that the reason that Katie Sackhoff wanted to be the one that takes Moff Gideon down is by having the dark saber that makes you the like top dog of the Mandalorians and she wanted to be the one to do it and it has to and you can't just hand it over to someone it has to be taken care of in battle so now there's that new conundrum for mandalorian season 3 how they work with mando being the king of the mandalorians i say they just do the old world championship wrestling finger poke of doom gimmick <laughs> and mando lays down and does the time honored tradition and to 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 yield to Katie Sackhoff, but apparently, like, that wasn't working right now. Right, because I do like the fact that he does. He's like, she's like, t- he's like, take it. And Gideon's like, it doesn't work that way. She's like, she's not going to take it. She, it has to be taken in battle. And he's like, here, I yield to you. Just, just, just take it. And I like the fact that Mando's like, hey, I took my helmet off. Just take the dark save. Rules are out the window at this point. Right. So it's interesting that like he's telling her to break her code. You know what I mean? But uh well right. this and is they, going and, to- they, and when they uh Katie Sackhoff and Sasha Banks ran into Mando like that those couple episodes earlier, they were giving him grief for sticking to his old ways and they're sticking to their new ways. Exactly, exactly. And while all this is going on, those pesky dark troopers have come back, Joe. Oh, boy. They flew in. There, There's a wrinkle we didn't see. And also the prolonged shot of Moff Gideon picking up a blaster off the ground. 
They oh. may have lingered a little bit too long on that shot for right. me. And they, because you know what happens? That's what happens when you leave a screen door open on a Star Cruiser, Joe. The Dark Troopers yeah. get in. So the Dark Troopers get back in. Our heroes are trapped. And they're beating down the doors, and everything looks horrible. And then it happens, Todd. Mm-hmm. A lone X Wing. Uh, fighter shows up and boards the ship and a mysterious cloaked figure gets out of that X-Wing and we see he's got a gloved black hand and we see that he has a green lightsaber. Oh, and Todd. Now, before we continue here, typically, I wait and I watch Mandalorian a little bit later in the weekend Mm-hmm. And I always lament and like, yeah, I really need to start watching this a little bit earlier so that I don't have things spoiled on me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and as I read a tweet, kind of, sort of, but not really spoiling this on me, I get an email from Todd that says, hey, man, you better go watch that Mandalorian right now because <laughs> uh, people are people are being loose with the talk. And oh, yeah, there's a post credit se- sequence as well. Right. Um, literally, I got... Okay, so let's just say the episode's 50 minutes. I don't know what it is. When you got that text from me or email or whatever, yeah. I had gotten an email or a text 50 minutes before that from the bassist. Mm. So I was like, oh, you know what? I work for myself. I'm not going in this morning. I'm watching Mandalorian. So I watched Mandalorian and I was like, yep, he's right. Joe, just get on this. So, and like there was a post credit scene. So I wanted you to know that because uh, we'll, when we get to that, but uh, yeah. So I, I have to, as, as we're, we're leading to this, it may or may not have been Luke Skywalker. Spoiler alert. It was Luke Skywalker. But I just want to say this when he was coming in, it was an, a single X-Wing fighter. And I'm like, is it Luke? And then Every little thing, like the gloved hand, the green lightsaber, using the force, cutting them down. And at no point are they showing like that it's Luke Skywalker. I have to admit, I'm getting goosebumps now. I was was marking out because I'm like, this is the most prolonged I know who this is, but get to it. Worked really well to the fact of baby Yoda, like putting his hand on like the screen as he's coming kind of like knowing who he is and when he shows up and it's it's mark hamill granted he has the digital effects doesn't bother me um i was interested that they did use a digital effect on his voice so he didn't sound like he you know mark hamill who's been gargling glass now for a while so he sounded like the old uh you know luke skywalker i i was 100 fine with it you know what i mean really loved it you have problems with the effects, though, Joe? So I like um, the fact that it was Luke Skywalker. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Here's the tweet that I saw before I, like, literal seconds before I got Todd's email. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a reminder that Dr. Sleep used new actors to bring back characters from The Shining instead of using distracting, disgusting, embarrassing CGI versions of the original actors, and it worked because you were looking at real people you could connect with. Hashtag Mandalorian. There may have been some swears in there that I've taken out. So that being said, um, it was the mouth. 
when he spoke, it didn't look right. It didn't feel right. And it took me out of it a little bit. Uh, my friend Jonah over on Pod Van Dam said that I know people are sad because Baby Yoda left Mando for a PlayStation 1 cutscene. <laughs> I don't think it was that bad. Right. Um, but I think they could have gotten away with a little bit more of doing the Luke Skywalker altered voice so it sounds like 1983 Mark Hamill and showing less of his lips moving because that's where the problem was. Right. Well, at least they didn't have to cover up a mustache. So... <laughs> but uh, it, was, it, it, it wasn't distracting, but it just wasn't great. And it took what was building to be this huge crescendo and awesome moment it took like one little piece out of it because the mouth just looked uh, suspect. Right. And I was all good with this until that garbage robot R2-D2 showed up. Oh, come on. You don't like the walking trash can himself? No. The worst character in all of Star Wars. Really? And I wish I there was an article that backed me up on this online. Um, and it was recently taken down. Disney probably had it taken down for blasphemy against R2-D2. But, like, my problem with R2-D2... Now, I, I probably will say this, and we'll get inundated with people who are like, well, if you watch the Rebels and Clone Wars or whatever, but I just watched the movies in Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Yeah. R2-D2 was at... New, new Obi-Wan Kenobi. New Anakin. New Darth Vader. Met, you know, uh, Luke's mother, or, like, you know, knew where she was buried, uh, was at, was one of the only characters who knew that Anakin and Padme were married, was there when he was born, was there when they were separated. All this stuff he just holds close to his robotic vest. Like, never mentions... Any of it. He curses at C-3PO through this whole, like, through the whole trilogies and, and the, the sequels and prequels. And he talks. But all this wonderful information that obviously because Lucas did not have a full plan for the prequels is just, I just look at R2-D2 and, like, everything that he does just throws this, these whole movies out of whack. But everybody loves him because he's cute. Bebop, boop bop, beep bop. But he's, he's a garbage robot to me. If he had just told Luke... Like, that's your father. Like, the guy we're fighting is your father. I knew him. I was there when you were born. Not, like, nothing. Like, and then Yoda, he knew Yoda. But when they meet him, he's like, oh, I, I'm not going to tell Luke you're the Jedi master he's been searching for. I, it's just a lot of, like, you know, those, like, the mouth nitpicks that you have with Luke. I'm like, just the illogical stuff with R2-D2 drives me absolutely nuts in the Star Wars movies. Counterpoint... Uh, and then I have a counterpoint to my own counterpoint, okay? Right. We know that C-3PO's memories have been wiped at least twice. Right, but R2-D2's never were. R2-D2's never were. So, R2-D2 may not know that. The only person who can translate for R2-D2 is C-3PO. So when R2-D2 says these things... To C-3PO, C-3PO always says, oh, I don't know what this bot is battling on, babbling on about. It doesn't make any sense. So there's fault to be laid at the feet of C-3PO for not being able to understand what the beep-boop-bops mean. Counterpoint to my own thing, 
in Luke's X-Wing, it's established in Empire Strikes Back that when R2 is in there, when mm-hmm. R2 is beep-boop-boop and comes up on a screen to Luke Skywalker. Exactly. He's like, well, we're going to the Dago Boss system. Why? I hear there's a Jedi Master there. Blah, 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 okay. blah. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. And blah. that's the thing. And then, and then R2-D2 gets in a fight with Yoda over a candy bar or a, or a pen light or something like that. I'm like, he's a 900-year-old Jedi Master. You know that. Why are you doing what you're doing? I don't think in that moment that you're talking about an Empire Strikes Back, once he's out of the swamp, that Mm -hmm. R2 is able to convey, obviously through the beeps and the boops to Luke, who this person is. Especially since Yoda is acting erratically and differently than the last time that R2 saw him. And he was just submerged in water and jettisoned into the sky and had a hard landing from some sort of creature in there. Who knows what that could have done to that young R2 unit's uh, circuits or memories, data banks. All right. I'll yield the floor and just go. He's got robot CTE. All right. All right. Banging around. I, I, I guess. But. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. BB-8's got it all over R2-D2. That's all. Somebody, somebody needs to do a super cut of the Star Wars movies where they subtitle in what R2-D2 is actually saying and he's giving away, like, important plot points to the characters and they're all just ignoring him because he's just saying beep, boop, boop. And I'd have to watch the movies again, but there is a part of me, like, with... Obi-Wan and them like they do kind of learn as as, uh, the droid talk at times because I could have swore there were times that they were like Luke was listening and understood what he said without without the the, the translator but I'm not going to get get into that but like I said and there's a few other things that I'm not going to go down the road of that that R2 knew that I was just like blah but that's my my case against R2-D2 the most beloved Star Wars character is pretty much a jerk. So here's what we'll do in our free time, Todd. You watch the first three movies, the prequels. Mm-hmm. I'll watch the next three movies, the real ones. And then we'll split the four most recent ones. Because I don't think he's in Han Solo, right? No, he's not. Okay. So you watch those prequels and then get back to me after you watch those prequels of all the R2-D2 scenes so we could figure this out. Right. But <laughs> I, know we, I know we went... A long way around. Yeah, I'm getting right on those prequels. Just so I can watch that diner scene again. Cloners. But anyway. <laughs> um, the guy coming out, t- picking up his pants, the cook. Anyway, the only character's better is Watto. Oh, any. But uh, just the one thing that I will say as we get back to Luke showing up at the end of Mandalorian is a long way to go. Like As, as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, this is why they left... Boba Fett on Slave One and he had a light speed out as the decoy attacking the ship because all heck would have broke broke loose if Boba Fett was standing on the bridge of that ship and the guy who knocked him into the Sarlacc pit walked through the door they would have had a throwdown, but they had to get him out of the they had to get them separated so I found that pretty much interesting once Luke showed up I was like ah okay can't have them in the same room I get it Yeah, one's a Republican one's a Democrat can't do it uh, then, uh, baby Yoda goes off with, uh, Luke, of course, to go about his training. 
to be murdered by Kylo. Oh my! Well, let's hope not. <laughs> right. Well, he doesn't show up in the new movie, so obviously he, he there was a murder done. You know exactly. Um, and then credits roll. We don't get any of the storyboarded stuff, and we get our post-credit sequence, Todd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see exterior Tatooine. Sicily, 19-whatever. No, I mean, Tatooine. We see Jabba's Palace. And we go down those steps to Jabba's Palace. And we see sitting on Jabba's throne thing is... Oh, my man. (laughs) Bib Fortuna. Looking like a slender reed. He's been doing well since the fall of Jabba, right? Right, he had excess frogs left over after Jabba died. <laughs> Somebody had he's, to eat him, Joe. He's he's seemingly doing well and healthy. Uh, <laughs> definitely not like the uh, guy who they call about Crusty's uh, offshore accounts right. in The Simpsons. Uh, not as many people around. You know, maybe not as many followers for Bib Fortuna as there was for one of the huts, but still, he's got a nice palace. Got a girl chained up. Salicious Crumb is still there, I think, right? You know? I don't know. And I then uh, all of a sudden, Boba Fett and Meng Ne Wong uh, show up. Blaster shots. My man, Bo- uh, Bib Fortuna. Tear comes to my eye. Kicks his carcass off to the side. And Boba Fett sits on the same throne that Jabba once sat on. And then we get the thing that says, Coming 2021. Adventures of Boba Fett, criminal gang overlord man. <laughs> right, the the book of Boba. The book of Boba, there you go. I guess the two, uh, I guess Mandalorian season three and book of Boba are going to run concurrent with each other for the next I, season. See, I don't know if if book of Boba is not like a series or a one shot, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see, because obviously Mando's coming back in season season three like we said but i don't know one shot or a mini series but it seems like with disney firing on all cylinders it's gonna be a mini and that was the one thing that wasn't announced at that disney meeting that they saved because i have to give john Favreau credit i don't know if because he's got stroke now because of how popular baby yoda was in the mandalorian but it's like no 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 you're not gonna announce that here you're gonna announce that over there and you're not gonna announce baby yoda until you know there's no merchandise to give the clues away like and i think because he's done all that you know, he gets the the, the the credit to do what he wants. That'll only last so long. Disney's our overlord. But it is not nice while it's going to last that it's like, ah, you know, it was a surprise when it, when it shouldn't have been, if you get my meaning. So, but I hopefully, hopefully it's more than in a, a, a one shot. I, I like. I a, think a, it is. John Favreau was on Good Morning America the other day. Okay. Uh, this is going to be separate from Mandalorian season three book of Boba is currently filming. And then we go into production right after that on season three of Mandalorian. Um, so on and so forth. So it looks like it's going to be a separate show. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Um, and it just says, um, right. And this was to answer the questions that if this was going to be a replacement for Mandalorian three, uh, but it looks like, it may come out like before Mandalorian three, since they're filming it now. Right. That's all. But 
I don't know. Um, did you pour one out for Bib though, Joe? I did. Uh, it was it was a delight to see one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars canon, one of the more underloved, underutilized characters. And uh, you know, if he had to be taken out by Boba Fett, I guess so be it. Just to get his one last paycheck, brother. That's right. Even though he looked like if you stuck him with a fork, cheese had come out. So again, I could relate to this Boba Fett or this Bib Fortuna much more than the the one from my youth. That's right. That's right. But now, was there too much Baby Yoda, too little Baby Yoda, or just the right amount of Baby Yoda? Uh, I'm glad Baby Yoda is gone. You, you know uh, what? This was the right amount of Baby Yoda. I didn't like the part of Baby Yoda pawing at the screen uh, that he could sense Jedi power through a television monitor. Um, but listen, I'm not a Jedi. I don't know how midichlorians work. Um, I hope I never learn how midichlorians work. Uh, that being said, overall, this was the perfect amount of Baby Yoda during the se- during this season. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he was the elf to get the other characters over, <laughs> and now the other characters are going to move on. And I just wonder if, like, the ratings of the buzz of season three of Mandalorian are going to be so bad. They're like, oh, we need to bring in like the cousin Oliver version of baby Yoda or something. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I, do you think he's gone for good? Uh, no. Well, I don't know. I did like the fact that he got to see his dad without the mask and he was totally confused. So there you go. Yeah, but he touched his face and he felt good about it. There you go. So, looking forward to more Mandalorian and any Star Wars that they have coming up on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, for sure. There's a million different things. So, mm. I'm excited. I thought Mandalorian Season 2 was just as good as, if not better than, Season 1. Uh, season 1 kind of set the template. Uh, but the best part about it is there's Star Wars stuff out there that I don't have to recommend to people with a, but... <laughs> what's the but eh, you know you might not like this part there's a long scene at this casino that's strange um i'm not really sure what the deal with snoke is right <laughs> right this i you know can just you... say it's like hey do you like westerns yeah do you like good stories yeah well there's some star wars in this too you don't really need to know all the star wars stuff to enjoy the show exactly mm-hmm. but if you do it makes it better you're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network. 